Welcome to today's daily audio podcast with Pastor Ken Spicer. We invite you to search the scriptures daily and allow God's love, grace, and favor to be the hallmarks of your life. Now prepare your hearts to hear a word from God today. Hi everybody, welcome to the podcast today. We are continuing our study in the ninth chapter of the book of Acts. If you'll remember yesterday, the Lord spoke to Ananias and told him to go pray for Saul of Tarsus, whom he had seen in a vision that Saul had seen Ananias in a vision coming to pray for him and so forth. And then Ananias objected to that. Uh, He was afraid to go see Saul because he had heard his reputation of destroying those that called on the name of Jesus and so forth. And what I want to just go back to a little bit today and kind of, I want to bring out a couple of things I didn't have time to do yesterday. But in verse 15, after Ananias made his objection, the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. So uh, here's the deal, is that here's a guy who's killing believers. At very minimum, he's imprisoning them, you know, separating them from their families and so forth. And we're sort of um, assuming there was killings involved, I would imagine. Um, And the Lord chose this man to be a vessel for him. Let me tell you something. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, when your heart changes for Jesus, there is an assignment for you. And that assignment is going to be powerful. So here is a man who was a killer, who became a preacher. You know, most Christians, and I've said this before, but most Christians would never hurt anybody. But most of them would never save anybody either. And so God tapped into the passion of a man who was sold on his religion so much that he was willing to kill and he turns his heart and then he releases him in that same passion. You know, some people, uh, they're so dogmatic about certain things in the kingdom of God and then they get saved. Uh, Well, this is after they're saved, let me say it this way. They're so impassioned about doing certain things in the kingdom, then they get a hold of the, the grace of God and understand fully the grace message. And then they realize, hey, I don't have to do anything. And then they stop doing anything. But the purpose of grace is not to stop doing anything. And see, sometimes I think in the lives of people, the pendulum swings from one extreme to the other. And I understand the process. I think when you've been religious and you get a hold of God's unmerited grace and favor, sometimes we have a tendency to, to swing way to the other side and say, boy, I don't have to do anything. And that is true. But who wants to be the guy doing nothing uh, to, to, to and impart to other people the love of God? So I think in time, that pendulum will come back to a center point and we realize, listen, I'm going to work more diligently now for the grace of God, yet not I. Paul said it this way, yet not I, but the grace of God that works in me. I'm going to do more now than ever before, but I'm going to do it in such a way that I'm resting in Christ. I'm going to do it in such a way that I'm refreshed through my serving. Remember the woman at the well. Jesus ministered to her, and he was so refreshed, he looked like he had just eaten. And it was in the middle of the day. It was hot. They hadn't eaten perhaps all day. If they had eaten, it was from early in the morning. But because he was serving, and it was such a light thing, it was such an empowering thing, 
It was such an edifying thing that he was refreshed in his spirit, and it made his whole countenance change. Friend, listen to me. God has an assignment for us, and that assignment is going to take us to places we never dreamed we would go. We will touch people that we never dreamed would listen to what we had to say, and we're going to share Christ's love with them, that he loves them completely, just the way that they are, and all they have to do is look to him and trust him. And once they do that, hey, they're born again, and then the process in them begins. Uh, some really amazing things. Let me point out one other thing here. You know, I told you this was the third example of believers who were clearly born again in the classical biblical sense, who then are baptized in the Holy Spirit or filled with the Spirit as the, the wording becomes, but it's the same thing. It still happens after they're born again. It's the empowering nature of the Holy Spirit that comes upon believers. But let me show you how important it is uh, to God and to Jesus here, okay? Well, Jesus commanded the disciples to wait for this experience in Acts chapter 1. To, he commanded them to wait in the upper room for the promise of the Father, which he defined in, in that chapter as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So it's important to Jesus now after his resurrection. He talked about it before he died. Uh, in Luke 24, 49, he talked about being endued with power from on high, uh, the promise of the Father and so forth. That's Luke 24, 49. And then we get over in now 40 days after his resurrection, and he's commanding. He's not requesting. He's not suggesting. He's commanding his believers to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he makes it very clear that that's his desire. And so then we move on now to uh, Acts chapter 8, and we see in Samaria where it's so important to the disciples that when they hear there's believers in Samaria, they send the top two ranking apostles down to begin to pray for people that they might receive the Holy Spirit because in Acts chapter 8, after they're saved, after they believe the word Philip has preached, um, that it says, and, and, I, and, and let me just refer back, but I'm sure that it was after they were even baptized in water, which I touched yesterday. Uh, verse 12 in Acts 8 says, When they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, both men and women were baptized. Remember with Paul, yesterday we saw that he was baptized after he was baptized in the Spirit, or he was baptized in water, I should clarify, before, or I'm sorry, he was baptized in water in Acts chapter 9 after he was filled with the Spirit or baptized with the Spirit. So here we see in, in Samaria in Acts 8 that they believed, which meant they were saved. Then they were baptized in water first and then filled with the Spirit or baptized in the Spirit. And the importance shows again because Peter and John came all the way from Jerusalem to pray for them because the Bible says that as of yet the Holy Spirit had not fallen upon any of them. So again, this idea of being filled with the Spirit really is just a semantics uh, um, nuance, if you will. Uh, I prefer baptism with the Holy Spirit, but it means the same thing. And the reason we know it means the same thing is because it's the experience with the Holy Spirit that comes after one is born again. So not to, not to belabor and not to confuse, I just want to go through this very systematically so you understand that in Acts uh, 1, Jesus commands people that have been saved for 40 days so it's important to him. He, he says it, and that's before he goes back to heaven. And then in Acts 8, Peter and John come all the way from Jerusalem to pray for the Samaritans because uh, they were saved but not yet filled with the Spirit. And then in Acts 8, it's still important to Jesus because now he's in heaven and he's appearing to Ananias and he's declaring him to go forth and, um, and pray for him. 
because uh, if you see, he says to Ananias uh, that he might receive his sight in verse 12 of Acts 9. Uh, he says, and in a vision, he has seen a man. This is Jesus speaking now to Ananias, Acts 9, 12. And in a vision, Paul has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. But here's how Ananias explains it to Saul in verse 17. Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, whom appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So here we see, as Luke is writing this account, or whoever writes it before Acts 10, as some people speculate that it was, wasn't Luke in the beginning, it doesn't really matter. Whoever is writing this account leaves out that part in the first portion here, or maybe it's just not recorded, but over in 17, Ananias clarifies that Jesus, in this vision, tells him, go pray for him to receive his sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So now we see that it's still important to Jesus after he's in heaven. So you have three examples of people that are born again and then receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the infilling or being filled with the Holy Spirit. So I just want to leave you with that today to encourage you that Jesus uses people, even people like Saul of Tarsus, a murderer, a, 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 a enemy of, of the church, an enemy of, of the bride of Christ, and he turned his heart. I used to pray that Osama bin Laden would get saved because if God can save Saul of Tarsus, Osama bin Laden was no big deal. Of course, that he was killed before that all happened, but at any rate, I just knew that God's doing some amazing things in the earth, and I was believing for him to be saved. At any point, just begin to prepare your spirit uh, over this subject of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how it might relate to your life and empower you to do the works that Jesus did. Amen. Well, listen, thank you for your time today. That's all of our time. I'll see you tomorrow morning right here on the podcast. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We pray you are blessed by God's word. For more information, visit our website at www.newcreationca.org.